married to a narcissist? Is he in a leadership position in the church? Yikes. That's my story too. And this is such a bizarre type of pain since the abuse came in the name of God from the man of God who always used my treasured faith as a weapon of gaslighting to shut me up and make me feel guilty. Join me today as I break the silence of church abuse using my own story. Hi friends, welcome to the Church Abused Coach podcast with me, Laurie Sullivan, an author, teacher, wife, mother, Nana, ex-minister's wife, survivor, Jesus-loving daughter of a fantastic, faithful, and ferocious God. If you, like me, have been abused by a minister or church and want to be heard, to heal, to live in hope, I am so glad you're here. In this podcast, we will break the silence on this issue, actively pursue healing, and determine, choose, pick, declare to live victorious anyway. Are you ready for that? Come on, grab that coffee, pour that tea, sip your straw, and let's begin. Be sure to check out our resources at www.victoriousanyway.co.co. My Break the Silence memoir is called Married by Myself. Uh, The journal, which accompanies it but does can be can be used on its own is ironically enough called married by myself journal to healing and it's for any christian woman specifically i guess a woman could be for a man i suppose um who needs the healing and happy thoughts uh which is a 31 day journal that my sister and i wrote together Uh, during COVID and cancer. Those items are available for purchase and uh, my four weeks of coaching with one-on-one time with me is available on that website as well. So check in. So here's the story, right? My faith exists outside of narcissistic grasp or the influence of a narcissist. That's the good news. That's the good news. Um, And I feel it's important to say that today because I want to um, give you hope. I want to give you hope. I don't just want to like vomit the story. But I will tell my story. I will bring the ugliness into the light. And I model that for you, my friend. It is important to look at the raw story, at the raw truth, and bring it out into the light so that it can be healed. And I have a request and be healed. And I have a request for anyone listening, wherever you are, you can reach out to me uh, at Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at victoriousanyway.co and send me an email. And here's my plea. I'm trying to do some market research so that I can better choose topics 
and better use words for a search engine um, in my titles. And what I need is people who have been victims of abuse in the church. So if you have been abused by the man of God or a woman of God, someone in leadership in the church, um, sexually or emotionally, I guess, um, because um, I would love for you to answer some questions for me. Just, I think there's five, five questions. So if you can do that for me, email me at laurie at victoriousanyway.co. Um, let's get the story out there. Let's uh, make this podcast happen so that people can find it. All the people, you know, who maybe don't go into a church anymore, um, hesitate to hang out with people who say that they are Christians. You know, maybe the abuse has damaged them to that far. Um, or maybe they just don't talk to their families about it, but they need the healing and they can listen to this podcast and some good things can happen for them. So here's my story. Um, I'm going to, I, I labeled this like I outlined this into different sections of my life. So we have little Laurie life. So we have little Laurie, Optimus Laurie, Bewildered Laurie, Broken Laurie, and Courageous Laurie. So um, let me just give you a background of that. Little Laurie was four years old, uh, and it's important for you to know my church abuse story to know how long. I had been in relationship with Jesus. Uh, that is a big part of my story. And I think, well, no, I'm sure. The thing that um, kept me rooted um, and kept me from losing my marbles. Uh, so little Lori uh, was four years old, uh, and it's been me and Jesus ever since. Um, when I was four, I did uh, confess all my sins, you know. I stole rhubarb from the neighbor's garden, so there you have it. Um, but I just kind of always said I grew up with Jesus. When I was 13, I had this really monument with Christ where God met me like he had met so many of the missionaries and evangelists that came through our church. You know, they would always tell these stories of, you know, they were in questioning or in need, and they would open the Bible, and there would be the answer. And I was like, you know what? I need me some of that. So when I was 13, uh, God and I had a whole story where for sure, undoubtedly, God met and listened and cared and um, just really reached out to me as a kid when he didn't have to bother with, with my questionings. So that's a whole story. It's in my book. And, and then when I was 17, there was this other enormous moment, just me and God and I am telling you, I knew that I knew that I knew that uh, God was real and my faith was sure uh, in those moments for little Laurie. Uh, so those moments for little Laurie. Uh, so Optimus Laurie ends up marrying um, uh, my ex-husband. He was someone I grew up with in my teen years at my church and uh, he was not a nice person and um, hurt my my very good friend for many years and cheated on her and just 
thought a lot of himself and stuff. But when uh, we ended up going out to college, very far from home, um, Optimus Laurie saw that he changed, right? And I think that's a common theme that we think um, we're going to see the best in this guy. Um, and, it, and it comes from a good place, I believe, still, um, that God is the God of second chances. And that's what we believe in. And I absolutely dove into those kinds of thoughts as Optimus Lark. Things uh, kept occurring. There was this uh, bewildered Lori with the gaslighting. If you've ever been gaslighted, um, you're, you're, you almost believe that you're crazy, that you're losing your mind, you're losing your touch on reality. And I would say to people holding up a pen still to this day that my ex-husband could make you believe that pen is a taco. Um, that's crazy. And that's what happened to bewildered Lori. Um, and then broken Lori in the past, there were so many lies, um, so many years of lies, so many years of trying to believe. Uh, I had three children. I had a full-time job. I worked in the church with my husband. I loved all of my moments as a minister's wife uh, working alongside uh, what I wanted to be uh, a man of God, uh, what I wanted to be a man of God. Um, and I just kept moving forward until I heard from God. Absolutely. Lori knows when she stands on judgment day that God says A or B. So I fasted and I prayed and I stayed in that marriage nine and a half years and had three children. And then the last glory is the courageous glory. Um, it takes a measure of courage, and I realize that now. And my courage, you know, isn't self-induced. Um, it, it comes from that rooted faith in God. And this belief that I had when I drew the boundary line and said, okay, no more, um, I honestly believe that divorce had to be better than three little boys watching uh, their daddy uh me and other people that they would surely have to find out about, you know, if, if they kept growing up in that environment. So that's Laurie. And now, um, I, I wrote down my pain menu. I called it a pain menu. Come on. I mean, sometimes you have to have a little bit of a sense of humor for survival. So pain menu, that's my offering today. Um, in order of experience. So here's what happened to all the lorries, right? I married a narcissist. I found pornography. I confronted my husband. I was gaslighted. I suspected that adultery was going on and I was gaslighted. And I guess at the end, because this isn't just linear, this, I guess at the end, because this isn't just linear, this was circular, happened over and over, um, the porn and the adultery with un, underage girls and married women um, did not become completely clear to me until I, I told him to leave. 
but that was the reality of what had been going on. So there's my pain journey and I lay it out to you. I was the wife um, and I knew these, uh, the, I know some of the underage girls names. Um, I was suspecting um, and shot down and I thought, but not, I couldn't prove. And so all of that and my heart is to reach out to the people who essentially were like the victims um, or my and to any woman who has been married to the guy who's doing it you know so we need some healing and we need to talk about what happened to us so I have three things that I learned and I want to talk to you about today number one stuff I learned about narcissists so I got a little definition here to read to you it's a personality disorder characterized by extreme self-centeredness, self-absorption, fantasies involving unrealistic goals, and an excessive need for attention, admiration, and finally, disturbed interpersonal relationships. And I feel like that all, you know, those words are like way too pretty to describe what it's really like. Duke University Health um, made an acronym, um, Special Me. So each of those letters becomes something to describe a narcissist. So here's the S, sense of self-importance. P, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. E, entitled. C, can only be around people who are important or special. I, interpersonally exploitative for their own gang, gain, <laughs> for their own gain. I mean, yeah, there's some pain in there too. Mm -hmm. Arrogant, A is for arrogant. L, lack empathy. Now I don't feel things like um, other people feel. Uh, M is must be admired, and E is envious of others or believe that others are admired, and E is envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. So I didn't know. I mean, maybe you don't know at this point that that's who you married and that's what happened to you. There, there is something that is absolutely healing in being able to check mark a list and say, oh, okay, uh, it has a label, it has a name, like I'm not the first person to ever experience this. That's what it was. Well, there's, I'm a memeaholic. If, um, if you know me at all, you know, I have a problem. I have a problem with memes. I love them. So there was this meme, and I love these words. I'm going to quote this one to you. I'm going to read it to you. You will never get the truth out of a narcissist. The closest story that either makes them the victim or the hero, but never the villain. Mm. I, I digest each part of that, and I think, oh, I just want to know the truth. I just want to know what really happened 
in the nine and a half years? I, I, I want, I have so many questions about what really happened in my life, but I need to let that dream die. I am not going to know. All I'm ever going to get is a story that makes him the victim, the hero, but never the villain. So uh, I think, well, I did let that go several uh, decades, a couple decades ago, when he literally said to me face to face, looking straight at me, no one else, he said, you try so hard to uh, find a reason, find a medical reason, find a medical reason why everything happened. Um, but there's no medical reason. I did everything I did to you on purpose. So that really kind of took care of uh, my quest. That was awful. This uh, guy who was a minister who held both a license and an ordination um, was living such a lie um, with two lives going on. And to be able to look at another human being and say that was just beyond my comprehension. Uh, the, the rest of this meme was entitled in the, on the bottom. It said, leaving your narcissist, go no contact, go ghost, stay gone. There, if we need a formula, there you go. There's a formula because you're just going to get caught in the web and the cycle's going to go around and around. You're going to be the person who's wrong. You're going to be the victim. You're going to be the one who's crazy. So just uh, stay away from that. So that's something I've learned about if you're married to a narcissist who also could be a person who holds a license in an ordina ordination and is called reverend, right? Crazy. Okay, number two, stuff I know about pornography. Uh, in the journal, I wrote my journal uh, for women to process uh, the sorrows of becoming divorced from a Christian. And pornography, I would be surprised if it doesn't show up in the formula because it seems to be like Satan's favorite sin. But I want to read to you exactly Satan's favorite sin. But I want to read to you exactly what I wrote. So in the journal, what I do is I take a topic like pornography and that's, that's the chapter. And then I quote from the book that I wrote, Married by Myself, and then I have these journal prompts for people to answer questions. So right now I'm just going to read to you from the journal, Married by Myself, Journal to Healing. So I think it's chapter five. Don't quote me on that, um, but I think it's chapter five. Okay. According to Transparency Market Research, the adult entertainment market pulled in $172.5 billion in 2022 with a forecast of $267.3 billion by 2031. There's so much more available porn in 2023 with the Doug could have consumed or imagined 30 years ago. Still, he was an addict. I found out a piece of truth once I was married and pregnant. So here's from the book, from chapter five in the book. 
We didn't make it one year before the pornography. I found it in his briefcase, the one we purchased with the combination lock for his overall professional appearance. The glossy pages of various magazines were hanging out of his briefcase, enough for me to notice that something was amiss. As naive as I was, I, I knew we didn't mean we, um, high school French major, uh, right there. Because of the combination lock, I couldn't open it. I had to wait to ask Doug about it. Pregnant with our first child, 20 years old, and a junior at a Christian was nauseated and afraid of the confrontation. Doug calmly explained that he had been counseling a 15-year-old guy in our small church youth group who had given the stash to him in an act of repentance. Doug just hadn't trashed it yet. Chapter 6 And a year and a half later, when I was pregnant with Brady, I found the videotapes. They were in the underwear drawer. I wasn't trying to find them. I was just putting away clean underwear for my husband. Their pornographic labels gave them away, and the confrontation that ensued resulted in Doug's peaceful explanation that he had mistakenly ordered these tapes from some promotional postcard that had come to the church office. The darkness was swirling all around me. I couldn't see breathe or think clearly how or think clearly how did this keep happening i loved jesus i loved my husband i loved my children my job and our youth group what was wrong in a weeping rage i pulled the black film by the armloads out of its vhs casing declaring forcefully that this thing would not destroy us. Then I waddled my seven-month pregnant self to the trash cans outside and disposed of both videotapes. They survived only for me to find them in the briefcase about nine months later in our new home in western Pennsylvania. And that's the end of the quotation from the book. And the journal picks up and says, the spiritual is at the very least adultery. In the book of Matthew, Matthew the uh, apostle, the disciple writes, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's chapter five, verse 28. From the female side of the fence, it hit me in several categories, this idea of pornography. It hit me at my own insecurity about my looks. As a lot of American women feel that way. It hit me in my enhanced vulnerability because I was pregnant. You talk about hormones and all the chemical reaction inside of an already vulnerable or insecure person. And here I am pregnant and, you know, bloated and waddling. Um, so the pornography hit, pornography hit differently because of that. And lastly hit me in my own stress of the time period. Um, I was a college student. I, then I was a new mother 
and I was a minister's wife as well. So none of this should have been um, impacting my life. But I've learned about pornography that it doesn't just go away. It needs healing. Absolutely needs recognition. It needs to be in the light. And it needs healing. And that never happened for us, ever. And that's a whole that's a whole study in itself. But I honestly believe in doing nine and a half years with a narcissist who could gaslight, who was a porn addict, who was a sexual predator, who was a pedophile, I can say to you from that experience that the pornography just led the way to just led the way to more it's insatiable what was once enough to do the trick doesn't stay enough to do the trick and there's a danger in that as well and lastly there's stuff i learned about gaslighting and this is another meme um and if you want to email and email me and say Lori, can you send me the meme you know what i'll do that for you um if you're a memeaholic like me but this meme, um, I'm going to read, read the, uh, there's, it's a wheel and the uh, accusations and the questions that come from the gaslighter who's really just trying to make you feel crazy so that you do shut up, so that you stop questioning and you stop wondering and you settle it in your mind that there's something wrong with you and not some him. So here are some things that I heard. It's your own fault. Don't be so sensitive. You're remembering things wrong. You sound so crazy. I was just joking. I wouldn't have done that to you. You're imagining things. Can you hear yourself? You need help. You're overreacting. There you go again. That is a false accusation. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Why are you so defensive all the time? No one will believe that. Now, if any of those sentences, if you've heard any of those sentences, you need to do some research into gaslighting and you need to know that something is wrong something's wrong that should not be the conversation between two healthy committed married adults so that it was the gaslighting in my story that kept me quiet and I I did leave once um, and that's a whole story it's written about in my memoir and I did come back and I did fast and pray and I did beg God to save my marriage. But honestly, folks, if I had known what the little that I know now, I would not have prayed that prayer. I would have grabbed those children and gotten out of there as quickly as possible. But I didn't know. Uh, so what you don't know, you're not responsible for. But now maybe you know, now maybe you know that this happened to you this is what it is to you. This is what it is. And it's time for you to hear from God to draw the boundary line of your own. 
Uh, it has taken me 30 years to be able to type the words. My book came out in 2022 uh, to just type the words sexual predator, uh, porn addict, and pedophile, and to realize that those were words that described my existence. My heart broke when I found out uh, information years later, and I carried this guilt and this sense of responsibility for the victims of my husband. And then I couldn't carry it anymore because there was nothing I could do about it. And I gave it to the Lord and, and uh, then almost 30 years went by. And I stand here today talking into a podcast microphone, um, doing something that God has led, clearly led, which is a super fun story to tell, do a podcast on such a serious topic. I was hoping we could go for some comedy. But here I am because God said so. So I know I'm talking to somebody out there. I know you're out there. I know you're hurt. I know that you're confused. I know that you're broken. I know that you're just hanging on by like one fingernail onto the cliff of hope that God is who he said he is. And I can tell you not only from this side of it, friend, but from all the minutes going through it for 30 years that God is faithful. So I just want to say to you here at the end of today's uh, session, be careful out there because evil is alive in the form of wolves that are in sheep's clothing. That's what's going on. But equally true is the fact that Jesus Christ did die to redeem us. The fact that Jesus Christ did die to redeem us. He sent his Holy Spirit to comfort us. And God will always triumph over wickedness, right? Read the back of the book. Grab that Bible. Read that last, that last book in there, huh? Come on. God's going to win. But in, until justice and righteousness rules and reigns on earth as it does in heaven. We are here at the Church Abuse Podcast. And my friend, you are seen, you are heard, and you matter. Church Abuse Victims, wherever you are, this show is for you. Please do check out our resources at victoriousanyway.co. Check out the Married by Myself memoir, the journal, Married by Myself Journal to Healing, the Happy Thoughts Journal, a 31-day journal to cultivate joy. Those are all available. Coaching's available. Just do it. Uh, do some of that good for yourself. Thank you for listening. Hey, friend, if you found hope in today's episode, would you let the world know? Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I would really love that. Hey, say hello on my Facebook page, Victorious Anyway, as together we break the silence, find the healing, and live victorious anyway.